Welcome to episode 113 of the Two on Three podcast, where two of your friends take on three topics in 30 minutes. I'm Ty, and you can find me losing followers while I fret about the ongoing pandemic at SEATJK. And with me tonight is everyone's favorite podcast guest, Matt from the Basement. Where can we find your survival tips, Matt? You, well, you can not find me doing survival tips, but you can find me pimping my brand new show, At Reasons Are. <laughs> really? I'm here to make an announcement. Oh, I love it. Go <laughs> ahead, please. Break some news. So Neil and I used to do our show, Reasons Are Several, and we took about a year off. And for the last couple of months, we've been kicking around, coming up with some new show and maybe doing it a little bit differently. So it's still us. It's only one topic. Uh, and then we do like a little advice thing at the end. Um, these episodes are going to be a little bit shorter, but it'll come out every Wednesday like we were doing before. And the first episode is already out there. So the show is called Reasons Are Debatable. Okay. <laughs> is it on the same feed or did you start a new feed for it? Starting a new feed because we kind of wanted to start fresh. So there'll be some teasers on our old feed that, that point to that. Okay. But everything else is brand new. The logo looks very similar. We're just basically changing the one word because we wanted to kind of have um, some sort of tie to the to the past show, but but sure. do something a little bit fresher. So Well, exciting news Go coming out, out of uh, the show yeah. here today. That's yeah. uh, that's great. Yeah, we're excited. Glad to hear it. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm help, happy to help you knock off some rust before you get back into it. You're, you're never going to believe what we uh, cover first. <laughs> Sex bots? Coronavirus. <laughs> <laughs> Shocking. <laughs> well, you can interact with this show on Twitter at 2on3pod or hit us up via email at holla, holla. at 2on3pod.com. You know how much we love to hear from you. So Matt and I had planned a full pivot away from the novel coronavirus for you listeners this week. But despite our best efforts, it's been simply impossible to flush it from the prefront- prefrontal cortex. Yep. With that in mind, we're still going to try to keep it light and hopefully offer you some diversions to get through your period of isolation. We'll start tonight with a little Reasons or Several throwback as Matt takes me through some of the best streaming in the style of Rotten Tomatoes. We'll lean into the changing world and talk about some of the possible permanent changes we might see on the other side of this pandemic. And finally, we'll head off to the medical desk to provide you some <laughs> guidelines on nice. what not to stick up your wherever while no one's watching. <laughs> Perfect. Beyond the buzzer, we'll pause for Jajatwa before heading to the OT for some odds and ends and callbacks, as you certainly come to expect. But before we get there, Matt, as we always start with a little bit of a self, uh, not, a, not, not a monologue, but a little bit of an update, personal update, right? Mm-hmm. So why don't you offer us a little insight into how you and yours are holding up while you're holed up? Dealing with the dystopian state of our our world at this point. It's, Indeed. It's very tricky. Um it's odd to see all these images of, you know, empty streets at rush hour and, and it's, and it's quieter. Have you noticed that? Yeah. I hear a lot more birds. You, you do. And that's good, but not for the right reason. <laughs> so My course. wife and I were talking about how local like fauna must be like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you've seen like in, what is it like Venice? You can actually see the fish in the water now and stuff because there's just not the traffic anymore. Right. So anyway, it's uh it's been odd. You and I, similar setups because we both work from home. So I work from home full time. You travel, of course. I don't really do that. So Not lately. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so it's been, um, it's been the same a bit on that front. It's just that everybody else is home now. So, so it's, you know, it's, it's different now. I'm taking meetings and all these people are like in their sweats, like with their dog next to them. And, uh, and then also I have my family around. So that's obviously the, the bigger challenge because it's, it's different having them around because you're, you're not able to lock in as much as you used to be when it's just a quiet house. So, and I'm sure that you, you've kind of alluded to how that's affected you to a degree. It's more just my, cause I'm kind of up here tucked away. It's a little yeah. easy for me to get away from the family, but, uh, I, it, 
it's more that I don't get my me time. Right. <laughs> yes. Which is a wildly selfish perspective to have. Sure, but it's important. And it's it's just, we obviously are having to make all sorts of sacrifices. So it's just a different, it's just a different reality now. And I mean, I, the only human interaction I get outside of my family is when I, you know, brave the grocery store, which I try to go at odd hours. Yeah. And, um, but there's still like, I don't welcome the, the interaction at that point. I'm just mm-hmm. seeing people moving around. I don't want to talk to them. And then, I mean, we have people like yesterday, I went to Safeway and I was, this guy was walking in the front door and I was kind of over by the produce and I stopped knowing he was going to head back to the produce. I stopped way short, like giving him a, lot, a wide berth and he cuts the corner and just goes right next to me. I was like, what are you doing, man? I mean, even if there was not a virus situation, can I have my own space, please? So that's been, that's been troubling. I'm with you. I mentioned on Twitter last week that I was loading my car and a older gentleman with a dry cough, by the way, mm-hmm. and his wife, like they're walking right at me. And I'm like, why are they walking right at me? There's no reason. There's no traffic. There's no reason they can't just walk around my car like oh, at, a, at a safe distance. He walks between me and my car yeah. and then proceeds to like continue <laughs> his coughing. And I like <laughs> stiffened okay. and, and I was so caught up like off guard by it. I didn't really react. And, and if that now, now that I've experienced that once, if that was to happen again, I'd be like, get the fuck back. <laughs> like, like as he was approaching, I would have stopped and turned him in like, that's close enough. Yeah. You need to like, go around. It's like those car alarms that, that warn you step yeah. away from the car. You're going to have to start doing that for yourself. I don't know if you ever listened to uh Bomani Jones, um, personal podcast that he does the right time, the right time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he was talking about that this week about how he's like, you know, he's in a couple different situations where he's walking down the street. And all of a sudden somebody crosses over to the other side of the street. He's like, Oh, I see how, it, Oh, Oh, I'm sorry. I know why you're doing that now. <laughs> you're not doing it. Cause I'm a black man. You're doing it because of social distancing. <laughs> That's kind of funny. I went out for a run not long ago and there was a woman of a more advanced age coming down the sidewalk at me. And I like crossed and ran in the street to go by her by a significant distance. And she seemed to appreciate it. Like, yeah, that is the one thing that I've noticed, at least on a micro level, is just an increase in sort of politeness. Um, I was standing, you know, usually when I'm at the grocery store, I'm very focused on getting in and out as fast as possible. I've got my list. I want to be efficient. I don't want to spend more time here than I have to. Right. Um, Especially not now. And that's, that's normal. But now, actually, even though I still don't want to be there very long, um, I'm just more patient. It actually has had a positive impact on me, a very impatient person becoming comfortable with this idea that the last thing we can afford to be right now is in a hurry. Yeah. So I've been able to adjust. This gentleman was standing in front of me. He's having a hard time finding what he's looking for. And he turned around. He's like, Oh, I'm sorry. I'm like, take your time. Yeah. yeah, yeah right. Just get what you need. I'll get I, what I need when you're done. It's no I rush. Think those in, I think those individual interactions and situations, you feel that way for me mm-hmm. though. I feel like the second I walk in that door, there's a fucking clock that starts and I'm like, okay, you, you know, get, try to get out of here in 20 minutes or 15 sure. minutes or 10 minutes or whatever it is. So I always feel kind of rushed. Like I'm trying to breeze through, but luckily half the, half the shelves are wiped out. So I don't really have to <laughs> have to uh, do too much, you know, selecting of products there, but I was going to mention something else too. And I, you talked about the homeschooling aspect because that mm-hmm. is certainly a challenge. And it's, yeah, I was curious how that was going for you. It's, well, so I have always, I've been a long time believer in the, the, the workbooks and I give them those like mm-hmm. when they're on summer vacation, when they're on spring break, things like that, just to kind of right. keep their mind sharp a little bit. Yeah. Keep it engaged. They love and hate them, of course, mostly hate, but so I've been giving them those. Um, but we, you know, there's some other options out there you can do as far as like the schools offering up different resources that are supplemental learning. And then of course there's this, I don't know if you've heard of Khan Academy. We're going to try that out. That's like a scheduled nine to two thing where they have all these different things. And it's almost more like a regular day of school. So we're going to try it out and see how it goes. Um, but it's, it's Khan, like the wrath of Khan. 
Yeah, K K H A N. Okay. Yeah, I, th- I thought it was C O N every time somebody referenced it, and then I was like, oh, or is this Genghis Khan? <laughs> what <laughs> I need what lessons are we teaching here? <laughs> so, um, but I I saw this story, and I don't know if you saw this too. Did you see that story about that woman who found her eight year old's uh, daily journal entry? No. <laughs> so this woman, I can't remember where she is. She's in the states, but she has like an eight, a ten, and a twelve year old. And she's just trying to keep them going with the homeschooling stuff. And so she discovers her eight-year-old's journal. And she and this is how it reads. <laughs> it's so funny. It's not going good. <laughs> my mom's getting stressed out. My mom is really getting confused. We took a break so my mom could figure this stuff out. And I'm telling you, it's not going good. <laughs> that provides a little levity, I think, as the mom when you see that. And you're like, okay, <laughs> I need to laugh at this a little bit more because it's, it's easy to get frustrated. Well, you're also getting cut down by your eight-year-old. True. <laughs> in secret. At least at least the kid has enough wherewithal to keep it to himself. Although he knows she's going to read it. <laughs> so it's kind of maybe more passive-aggressive. One of the other things I was going to ask you about, you know, no sports has been a really weird adjustment. I really haven't been able to get into the classic stuff here and there a little bit. Um, but it, it always seems like a waste of time to watch something yeah. about it. Especially, you know, with a house full of people. I, I'm not going to monopolize the TV with sports I don't need to watch. Yeah, because, I mean, I, you know, I look back on certain sporting events that were fun to watch, you know, like football games and things like that. But if you're, if that's all there is, it's Mm -hmm. hard to just rely on that. I mean, it's not somebody, somebody related it to, well, you know, you watch movies that you know the ending of. So that's no, that's different. It's so different. So for me, I, I can't watch any of it. So I really haven't paid any attention to, well, to any sports programming at all, because there's really nothing to speak of at this point. The one idea that I did see that I thought would have been great for the networks to embrace was, was during March Madness to have, basically run the greatest games, greatest first round games on the sure. first day, greatest second round games the next day, and so on and so forth until you get like a day of the greatest finals and whatnot. I bet if they had more lead up, they might've been able to pull that together. That might've been tough on the timeline. Probably. Yeah. Do you have any uh, isol- any, any new isolation activities? Any any new invention, yard inventions? <laughs> no, so my, my kids are so, you know, video game fiendish. So mm-hmm. it's hard to get them to do stuff like that because- I mean, we've got like a foosball table down here. They barely play with it. You know, when 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 I was a lad, um, we had so many of those things we did. You know, we did we the amount of Nerf hoops I've played in my life is outrageous. And I mean, I I'm like like fake playing games, two teams against each other, and it's just me. Like you just invent those things because you didn't have quite as many options. And so there was a lot of that. You know, like when we were in college. We played a lot of, uh, you know, those those old plastic hockey sticks that were kind of short. So we they're yellow. So we used to sure. play with those, and we would set up like the turn the couch around like it was the bench, and we <laughs> we'd play like around the corner. So you can invent all these games. I'm a little bit disappointed in the creative the lack of creativity on my kids because I'm like, come on guys, like you need to come up with something else. It's not just all Fortnite all day. So let's 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 do better than that. I don't know. Have you guys done anything? Well, nothing specific. I mean, with the girls, I've actually been. Uh teaching them both to ride bikes without training wheels. Oh, good. That's something I've been putting off for far too long. They hadn't yeah. shown a lot of interest. They, they didn't really grasp the freedom that, are, that a bike will provide you. Sure. Um, and it's going pretty well. Uh, you know, the older one actually has a little bit of a fear block uh, about certain, like being able to turn the bike. <laughs> and, mm. and her reaction is to just kick both feet off the pedals and yeah. kind of let go of the handlebars. I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> like, use the brakes and stop if you're scared. Don't, don't, <laughs> you can't just, I give up. Well, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's like, just go slow. It's okay. Yeah. You can build up your speed, but yeah, it's hard, especially when you're learning that balance. I don't know well, how you guys speed do- is the balance too, right? right. That's you have true. to be moving for the bike to stay up on its own. True. So did you go, did you ever use those, uh, 
what were they called? Not strider bikes or, you know, those glide bikes where, where it's just, yeah, there's no training wheels. There's no pedals. Yeah. Those we used and they, I, any, any parent who's trying to teach their kid to ride a bike and get comfortable. I would start with those all day because the training wheels, when we've got them for our kids and put them on, they had them on for like a day. Mm -hmm. And they're like, okay, I'm good. Because they're, you get used to the balance. Balance, yeah. A balance bike, that's what they're called. You yeah. get used to the balance there, then you're just adding the element of, you know, being able to pedal and brake. So I just feel like that's the way to go. Because, you know, when I was a kid, we just got on a shit, you know, a bike with shitty training wheels. And so you don't really learn the balance. You're just kind of pedaling. So it's like, well, do I need to work on my pedaling or my balance? Probably the probably the latter. Yeah, yeah, right. You just need to get some speed up so you can move the bike. Our, our younger sure. daughter took to it a lot more quickly. Like she's just a little bit more of a natural athlete, and it kind of came to her a little bit more quickly. Our older daughter is just she's just afraid. She's afraid yeah. of getting hurt. And even though she's been like the, you know, hanging off the monkey bars and and flipping upside down on the the swinging bar and and everything else at school, um, when it comes to the bike, there's something about the falling aspect that she's just <laughs> a little bit afraid of. Um, one of the things we were when I was thinking about this, knowing that you and I were going to talk, uh, it did bring to mind for me a memory of, so I was, I've mentioned before on the show, I was an only child till I was almost 10. So like you're talking about Nerf hoops. I used to do dunk contests. Oh yeah. On my Nerf hoops, like just yeah. by myself. Just, That's awesome. Yeah. You get thrown um, out some wicked hard dunks. Oh yeah. So I, <laughs> my favorite was the, uh, the Larry Johnson grandma dunk, like the, the half 360 sort of yeah. windmill. Yeah. Yeah. It's not a half three sixty. That would be that would be one eighty. But you know what I mean, right? I gotcha. It was a quarter three sixty. Well, he he's turning as he jumps, right? I know so he's already yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Uh, but I did make up a game when I was younger that was I never came up with a name for it. But the mm-hmm. way it worked was you know like a like a target like a not a target specifically, but any sort of play a play ball, not not a not a four square ball, but like one of those. It's almost like a balloon. Okay. It yeah. makes a very specific pinging noise. Right? Mm-hmm. Ping, ping yeah. when it bounces. Yep. Um, they're like cheap. They're in those big tall things at the of course, Fred yeah. Meyer or whatever. They got like a funky little design. Look like a planet. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a big marble. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I used to take one of those and we had this uh, cement walkway that went out, went out around the front of one of the eaves of the house. And so what I would do was I had to serve the ball up onto the roof. And then I didn't know exactly where it would be coming from. Mm-hmm. And so I had to stand down there and wait. And then it, I could only bounce once on the cement and I had to hit it back up on the roof. Oh, okay. And every second it was on the roof was worth points. Oh, but I get, but only, so I was trying to like create as many points as I could. And if you could hit it over the house, that was worth like whatever I was, you know, giving myself at the time. Right, right, right. And you and, could do this with multiple players. So it's essentially like oh, blind okay. handball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But with a bigger ball. So that's you, funny. I don't oh, know if you funny. have a, Yeah, I don't know if you have a setup for your house, but you can get your kids outside. Yeah, the problem is the with the way our roof is, it wouldn't be on the roof very long just with the way it goes up. There's a second level. Mm. I guess you could go up the top and it would kind of come off. But yeah, we'd have to work on that. But I could just imagine like your parents or, or like somebody, like the next door neighbor being like, oh, that poor kid just playing by himself. <laughs> right. For hours. <laughs> because, you know, there wasn't anything to do. Yeah. We, I mean, we also played a shit ton of wiffle ball and all that kind of stuff. That of was course. our, that was our main game that we were all over. But yeah, anytime you could, you have anything that you, you, as long as you have a goal or, you know, some sort of, you know, basket, whatever it is, you can make a game out of anything. And so we, we always did that back in the day. And I, I just I don't see it from my, uh, my kiddos. I'm like, come on, man. It's a problem. All right. Well, uh, you want to go watch some movies and sit six feet apart? Sure. <laughs> oh, oh shit. What the fuck is this?
tie? Well, any reasons or several listeners will certainly recognize that drop. Matt's done us the courtesy of putting together a list of streaming options for your cloistering. So we're going to review some movies. Mm-hmm. Let's get it started. Yeah, so uh, so this this is a segment we used to do where essentially uh, would run by with my co-host, uh, you know, would name a movie that had recently come out. I'm going to focus on movies that have come to streaming in the last, you know, two, three months, something like that. And there's a uh, Rotten Tomatoes critics score and an audience score, which you'll get to guess on. See how good you are at that. And then I'll just read their little synopsis. And then also I like to read a bad review just because they think sometimes those are, those are kind of funny. And also I just want to see how they evaluate it. But please, by all means, let me know when you've seen, if you've seen any of these movies or not. Um, I know for a fact you've seen a couple of them anyway. Okay. But, uh, and since we were... Since we're trying to not focus too much on the virus, I did not like go deep and go to like contagion and outbreak and stuff like that. I try to keep more more current. <laughs> well, so, that's a sidebar too early. Yeah. And I, and again, not to rehash my own Twitter account, but I do think that outbreak is why people are like effectively scared of Ebola. Mm. And there isn't like appropriate fear of this. Yeah. And I know me personally, I'm terrified of dry land drowning. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> so No, it sounds... Absolutely awful. Yeah. All yeah, right. Well, now that I've said that, let's let's get to the yeah, fun let's stuff. Move on. <laughs> well, I thought let's just get this one over with right out of the gate. Let's go with Star Wars: The Rise of Skywalker. I Did have not watched it on streaming. What's that? I have not yet watched it again. No, no. So they made it available for download, and then I think they were releasing the DVD like next week or something. Like anybody's going to venture out to get that. But um, but yeah, I, I think it'll be coming. I think we're still a little ways off before it's free. So at this point, you're still having to buy it or rent it or whatever. Even on Disney Plus? It's not on Disney Plus yet, unless I missed it. I haven't looked. They kind of come late on that because I think they want to you know, bulk up their sales of the downloads and all that other stuff before they just give it to you. Well, that sounds like a bunch of horse shit. <laughs> so what do you think the critic score was on this one? Ooh, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, so out of 100 s- for those yeah, who don't yeah. know. 76. 52. Oh, wow. People shat all over this thing. I mean, I know you and I and Chris discussed this and kind of you know battered around how it was not a perfect movie by any means but you know we you know i think for the most part we enjoyed it or at least i know chris and i did i think you you mostly enjoyed it um but yeah the critics did not like this movie i guess what about the audience um wow i thought the audience would have been worse uh but i think it's going to be a little bit better in this case so i'm gonna go 65 86 okay see a little flip there for me yeah so the, the synopsis is Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker suffers from a frustrating lack of imagination but concludes this beloved saga with fan-focused devotion, which is fine. The bad review, though, <laughs> I don't know how you say this. Abby Olsese, maybe? O- okay. O-L-C-E-S-E. She's from Crooked Marquee. She says, The movie is so determined to be all things to all people that it overstuffs itself, becoming more of a Star Wars fan collage than a movie on its own terms. And I think that's probably a fair assessment if you're going to ding the movie. Because there is a Sounds lot accurate. going on. Yeah. That's probably my biggest gripe is just, they just try to jam it so much of it in there. So Yeah. I mean, I don't want to get back into it, be honest. Sure. No, that's <laughs> said, I think I've said everything I have to say about this movie. Yeah. It could be better. There's a, there's a, I feel like there's a cut out there that they could have made of that movie that would have been pretty damn good. But, but instead it got kind of bloated. Anyway. Uh, the next one, you're going to love this one. Call of the Wild. <laughs> <laughs> Which you guys have voiced your thoughts on before. Well, only in the sense that the previews made it look terrible. Mm. So bad, the CGI. Ooh, but I did hear somebody, and I can't remember who, uh, recommend it recently. So you have not seen this? I have not. Do you think you will see this? I have kids, so yeah, probably. You think so? Yeah. I, I've i read the book. 
Well, yeah, so have I. <laughs> Much better, I'm sure. But uh, my lady friend took our kids to the movie, I don't know, probably two months ago or whenever, you know, whenever it came out. It was before we were under lockdown. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just was like, yeah, no, I'm good. So I didn't go. You just didn't go? <laughs> didn't go. Wow. Okay, so you haven't seen it either. No. So what do you think the critics gave this? 78. 61. Okay. Audience? 78. 89. <laughs> I'm just going People right like in the center movie. every time. Is it just because it's all kids watching this movie? What is going on? Yeah, oh, I mean, I think you go in as a family, right? You have limited expectations. So if maybe you that's didn't walk is. out going, wow, I hated that. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, so you went in going, this is this thing looks absolutely ridiculous. And you walk out and you're like, well, it was all right. I'll, I'll watch Togo before I watch Call of Duty. <laughs> it's undermined by distracting and unnecessary CGI. Yeah. But this heartwarming call of the wild remains a classic story affectionately retold. I think maybe Harrison Ford probably carries that movie pretty well. That would be my hunch as to why people liked it. Walter Chaw, however, from Film Freak Central says, The Call of the Wild is a propaganda piece. Hashtag MAGA. No, I'm just kidding. I didn't say hashtag MAGA. (laughs) (laughs) But he did say it's a propaganda piece. So what's the propaganda in this movie? Is it about like... Isn't there some guy who's like trying to develop land in Alaska or something? Is that the deal? I can't even remember the premise of the whole movie. I don't have any recollection of the premise. Yeah. It's been so long since I read it. Yeah. Uh, Okay. Next up. Are you, so you're not going to see this or you will, you're going to see it because of the kids. Eventually, eventually. Um, I did see somebody characterize it as uh, retired Han Solo has gone to the Yukon. (laughs) (laughs) It's kind of what it's like. I just, I don't understand why this, the need to do so much CGI. Like, you don't need to create... I don't know. I just thought that was odd. I think they made, like, the live-action Lion King movie, and everybody's like, oh, we can make any animal movie, and we don't have to actually deal with an animal wrangler. I guess. I just don't. I'm not a fan. I'm a big fan of practical effects, because, you know, I'm not spending the money to make the movie, so... When Chris and I talked about this before, I beefed about the fact that we could do dog movies in the 80s, and we can't do it anymore. Right. It's, it's, like, it shouldn't be that hard. I don't know why they can't do it. They, train it's just, train it's a dog. Seem- it just seems um, lazy, you know, but whatever. The Way Back. Know this film? Uh, I vaguely know about Ben Affleck's tortured basketball coach. Yes. So, yeah, it's Ben Affleck uh, basically starring as himself. Sure. Uh, <laughs> now alco- recovering alcoholic or a guy dealing with it was alcoholism and trying to kind of go back and find some sense of purpose with uh, coaching his old alma mater high school's uh, basketball team, which is, I guess, kind of a joke. Yeah, it seemed a little bit like um, like a basketball. Um, what was it called with Keanu Reeves? Uh, hard um, hard knocks. Hard. Oh God, what is hard that? ball? Hard ball. Thank you. Okay. There you go. But is he like? He's a gambler in was, that movie. Yeah, it's, was his, his community services? Yeah, he had a community service. I don't yeah. know that this is community service. This is just Ben Affleck's like last way to try to find something that keeps him from getting hammered every night or something. Hammered. Anyway, what do you think the critics gave this? Um, I feel like this was well received. Uh, I'm going to go with 88. 83, good guess. Audience? Less so. 75. 84. Oh, okay. I've heard Pretty. some decent things. and I, I mean, it's a basketball movie, and I'm, I'm, I'm all right with Ben Affleck. I'll watch it. Sure. The way Back's occasionally frustrating treatment of a formulaic story is often outweighed by Ben Affleck's outstanding work in the central role. But Matt Brunson from Film Frenzy says, Life is messy, but you wouldn't know it from watching this film. <laughs> Sounds like Matt's going through some shit. <laughs> it's too tidy for him, huh? Not it's enough like grit. This, this is unrealistic. <laughs> <laughs> this guy so, should be a lot bigger of a jerk. We might hear from Matt later. 
<laughs> oh, oh, he comes back, does he? Oh, yeah. He might come back a couple times. Do you ever bring the Armand White reviews into the, this segment? I don't remember if you ever did an Armand I, White. I think I have. I, it's been so many of them that we've done, I'm sure. You does know? that name ring a bell for you? Name rings a bell. Maybe because I was just scanning through some, you know, recently. He's semi-famous for writing like notoriously contrarian, like shitty reviews oh, of okay. movies that He's everybody constantly, likes. Constantly yeah. ripping people. Yeah. Yeah, those are pretty good. Sometimes, and I think what I did at one point with this segment was I eventually started pulling, uh, uh, you know, like regular audience or whatever uh, reviews, and some of those were just nasty. So they were kind of funny. <laughs> but these are all critic reviews. Next up is 1970. Oh, sorry. So way back you're going to see? Uh, that's one that I will not see until it is free in some form or fashion. And yeah. it's definitely the kind of movie that will sit on the DVR for three to six months before yeah, I actually yeah. watch it. Yeah. Yeah. That I've had a couple of those moments uh, over this past couple of weeks where like something's so deep on the DVR. Like we recorded that in like December of 18. Yeah. Like, like a year and a half ago. And it's like, <laughs> oh, I'll watch this. I guess we'll watch it now. Yeah. Uh, next up is 1917. Did you see this film? I have not. Okay. I did. I saw it in the theater. I'm not surprised. <laughs> Why? It's, it's right up your alley. Because I like war movies? Sure. Yeah. Okay bit of a historical or history buff uh so what do you think the critics gave this one well uh, this was at what 92 89 okay audience uh, pretty high too 88 nailed it there you yeah, go yeah right on the button we need a, i need some sound effects here <laughs> it needs to be like <laughs> confetti falling from the ceiling or something uh hard-hitting immersive and impressive technical achievement 1970 captures the trench warfare of world war one with raw startling immediacy Gary M. Kramer from Salon.com says, Despite the film's salient features, 1917 feels oddly underwhelming. It might succeed in making viewers as exhausted as the characters, but it lacks the emotional punch this story requires to make it a lasting impact. I agree. So huh. I like the movie a lot, and the way it's shot is incredible. It's really, really beautifully shot. And, of course, they do the whole one-camera thing, mm-hmm. which is a whole you know fun angle. And it's... There's a lot of great things about it, but at the end, I, certain parts of the emotional aspect just didn't hit me like I thought they would. And um, the natural thing that people did was compare this to Dunkirk, just because mm-hmm. it was recent and it was similarly like great. Cin- Going to be a question that I asked you is how did how did it sit for you? Compares. I like Dunkirk more. Um, okay. This this had I, I don't think this was better than Dunkirk in any way. I think Dunkirk was just better overall. The story was more intriguing. It, I felt way more on edge watching Dunkirk the whole time. And uh, I just thought the performances were a little bit better. I mean, the, one of the main guys in this movie does a fantastic job. And there's some there's some fun cameos from, from a couple people. But in, in the end, I, I would watch Dunkirk over and over before I watch this again. Okay. Well, Mike, so a couple it's of things. It's worth seeing, though. I'm sort of famously not a huge fan of Dunkirk. I thought it was a really solid Christopher Nolan movie in mm-hmm. the sense that I didn't think it was like a lot to it. It was just put together really well. Mm-hmm. And so I, I thought it got better reviews than it was actually than the actual quality of the film. It was the, the sum of the parts were better. Yes, exactly. Gotcha. And then with 1917, what I'm not surprised to hear is that you felt like maybe there was a lack of emotional connection because I think about the, in the attempt to make it look like one long tracking shot mm-hmm. that at some point you're going to be a slave to the technique and not yep. allow the movie to do what it needs to do because you're trying to make this camera thing work. Yes. And you, and you as the audience are sometimes find yourself focusing so much on how they're doing that, mm-hmm. that you're not paying attention to the plot or you're not, you're not getting pulled in as much to the characters. And so even though the, the character development in Dunkirk is very limited, uh, but even still 
I felt more tied to those characters than I think I did in these in, in 1917. Okay. And so. did you, um, did, have you watched it again? Uh, uh, 1917? Yeah. No, I just watched it the one time. So I wonder if maybe it's a movie that you need to watch twice because once you're over the be. visual aspect, maybe it's easier to connect with. It could be, it, it, for sure. And like I said, it, it was a good movie. It just it just didn't grab me like Dunkirk did for, for whatever reason. So well, no, re- no need to rush on. What else do you have for? Uh, okay. Do you want to do Cats? <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's streaming now. Uh, cats actor Idris Elba. Test positive oh, for the man. coronavirus. That is so rude. Why would they do that? <laughs> I know it was his most recent, but come on, man. Could have been a Hobbs and Shaw actor, Idris Elba. Anything would have been better than Cat's actor. That was terrible. Is Hobbs and Shaw on your list? No, it is okay. not. I should have had that on there. Uh, what do you think the critics gave Cats? 41. 20. Ooh! <laughs> what do you expect james corden's in it for fuck's sake oh why do you hate james corden? Oh, i can't stand that fucker uh, he's finding that, wo- that that fairy tale movie which was that was that lost in the woods i think i might have missed that one maybe on purpose i can't stand him he drives me up the wall okay you've i think i think i knew that yeah oh not fan not a fan uh audience score on cats 60 53 that's just people liking the music and having you know some nostalgia about the yeah. broadway show that no but this was not a good movie my it's main fun. feeling about cats was feeling particularly uncomfortable with how i felt about the like the photos i saw of like taylor swift as a cat yes they said it was oddly sexual yeah like overly sexual a lot of a lot of you know shots like, of people doing things they shouldn't be she doing. looks like a cat like yeah already she's kind of she's fe- she has a f- felininity <laughs> Felinity, yeah, I guess that would work. <laughs> a feline Already, quality, yes. Already, um, and so it was, it was, I think they made the the good use of it. And I'm they, not like a big Taylor Swift mark, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just when that came out, when I saw that preview, I was like, "You got to be kidding me! Who who green lighted this one?" You know. So anyway, despite its formidable cast, this cat's adaptation is a clawful mistake. Oh my god. That will leave most viewers begging to be put out of their musery. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> uh, Felix Vasquez Jr. from Cinema Craze says, Anthropomorphic cats with uncanny valley, bad pa- uh, cat puns, and so many crotch shots. Oh, so many crotch shots. <laughs> God. <laughs> I just love that. But by the way, guess who's back? Matt Brunson, Film Frenzy. Pussy galore and quite the bore. Oh, Matt. Wow. Just straight to the point. <laughs> I like it. He's a poet. Oh, man. Uh, did you want me to keep going or you want to? No, no. Up? I think that that's a good one to end on. I, think um, so. I don't know. I, I imagine that at some point I will be forced to sit through this. <laughs> Although <laughs> I haven't heard any rumblings from in the house that we need to watch Cats. <laughs> yeah, I hope you don't have to watch it because that's just brutal. It's too bad the, the Broadway show is gone because, I mean, that at least would have some sort of value. But seeing this movie looks terrible all right well with that let's go to segment two in segment two i want to talk a little bit about how the world's going to change perhaps permanently post coronavirus um mostly about you know businesses needing to get creative and the ways that we've all had to adapt our lives we've obviously talked about the grocery store uh and you know delivery options and and you know praise be to those people putting essentially their lives on the line to Mm -hmm. keep businesses afloat in these times, uh, particularly restaurants. I mean, we know that restaurants operate on a razor thin margin as it is. And you see, you know, I don't know if you saw that in Seattle, Tom Douglas, a very famous local chef had to basically shut down all his restaurants just because they couldn't operate. Like we don't, we don't, we don't have enough cash on hand 
to stay open if we're not, you know, making food, making money. I got married at a Tom Douglas establishment. Okay. So I, I, I feel that. But I liked what, uh, he, I always mess it up. Is it Canalis? Is that how you say it? Canalis? Yes, them. I like what, I like what they're doing. Yeah, they're, they're, they're readjusting their business approach to be more appropriate for the, the current time. A lot of uh, call, in, call in ahead, pick up. Uh, John Howie in town is uh, you can call ahead every one night a week. They're, they're, here's the menu for the week, and you can call and say, I want that, and they'll make you a menu or uh, dinner for four that you can go pick up. Right. Um, so they're having to adjust their approach. Yep. And I was curious if there's anything that you'd seen to this point that you know tickled your fancy, if, <laughs> if you will, uh, about ways that things have adapted to this point that have been positive perhaps well yeah i mean i I, my biggest concern well i shouldn't say that one of the concerns i have with this is that people are going to go back they're going to slide back to their normal behavior way too early Mm -hmm. um and that is going to cause another wave and another wave and another wave until we have a vaccine so i'm a little worried about the people but as far as the businesses go of course they're going to have to look at it from another angle to say first we need to anticipate that this is going to happen again so mm-hmm. we need to be prepared. So we can't just go back to the normal operating procedure that we had before. So I think they're looking at a lot more options and I like how they're, things they're having to consider. I mean, obviously so much delivery and curbside stuff, so much more service in that regard, I think is useful. And I think you're gonna see way more of that. Um, this all plays so into the hands of the Amazon juggernaut. I mean, it is just like, <laughs> it is it's just, unfortunate. the beast is being fed big time because now everybody's going to be so reliant there. I mean, they're the only ones, well, not the only ones, but they're hiring like crazy mm-hmm. to have enough delivery drivers and people working in the factories to, you know, uh, or the warehouses to, to fill those trucks. So it's, they're going to continue to benefit. So I just, I think you're going to see more and more of, of, of that, of that delivery service. I do like the fact that some people are getting really creative, like, <laughs> sorry, but I have to say it. In Portland, do you see what they're doing? Mm-mm. So the the uh, Lucky Devil is a strip establishment. Okay. Club. Mm-hmm. So they have started what they're calling Boober Eats. And that is the the uh, <laughs> dancers are going out and delivering food to you and doing a little dance for you as a service because they can't can't strip for you at the club. I thought that was pretty uh, pretty interesting. It always What's comes, the tipping situation? I don't think anybody wants dirty dollar bills being thrown at them. No, no, no. I think you're well. That's a good point. But I was thinking it's all it's all handled on the card, maybe. But then of course that you know then there's a paper trail. <laughs> so, or maybe you just have to put it in an envelope and throw it out there. But um, but yeah, I thought it was. It, it always cracks me up how anytime there's a challenge or a new technology or any change in the environment, porn industry always is on it first, like right away. And so it just it cracked me up that they they were they were starting this service. It actually kind of surprises me that the service didn't exist already, given how they do like you know, girls in lingerie selling coffee and stuff. You know, I mean all those kind of businesses they had. So that's kind of funny. Uh, there's also uh, I know that there's also a, a strip club in Vegas where they uh, are offering drive-through uh, lap dances, which I don't know how that works. Mm. Uh, <laughs> so that's a bit odd. But uh, in general. I don't have any other specific examples other than the, the stuff I'm mentioning, which is, of course, really top highbrow stuff. Mm-hmm. But I am hoping, my hope is that none of this is forgotten. That's my biggest concern with all of it is just that these lessons are learned and at least most of them are kept and uh, you know people remember this going forward because it's creating a lot of convenience for people and also you know preventing you know future spreads of any other disease we're going to encounter because you know that's going to keep happening. 
Yeah, um, I was reading today, one of the big reasons that this is going to continue to be a problem is because of ever-growing human expansion into areas where animals used to be by themselves. And we talked at the top of the show about how the animals must really be confused about what's going on, yeah. um, but also feeling like a nice reprieve. Uh, but you've got to assume that if we stay quarantine for any period of time that that the more mountainous adventurous type animals the cougars the the bears are going to get more aggressive well, um, yeah and they already kind of are to a degree it's just going to get way way worse right when there's no constant presence of people and they, they get used to not having to worry about that um and i don't really want to steer into the politics of this because i think we've done plenty of you know the hashing out of that as it is but i mean to me what this has really done is really expose how our economy which is basically based on debt fueled growth mm-hmm. at, at, at all costs and even the steadiest of industries um operating really on that razor's edge and i think it, it it lays bare the need that those businesses have to adapt like i don't know what happens now to long term to public transportation or if we just always are going to go out and basically gear up mm-hmm. you know that you're always going to have a stock of n95s and nitro gloves and that's just what you wear when you're commuting on the train because there's going to be these airborne diseases. It's not, this isn't going to peel back. It's not going to, a pandemic was always inevitable to some extent, uh, which is why it's obviously maddening to hear, well, no one could have expected this. Like, okay, (laughs) sure. No one knew how complicated healthcare was. Yeah, it's not just Hollywood fiction. It's not like it's just these stories that were dreamed up by people as the worst case scenario. These things happen. And I mean, like you mentioned too, with um, in the wildlife in general, you look at stuff like, like the, permafrost or whatever thawing and you know things that were buried in ice like diseases right are coming back right that's a problem right we're not prepared for that right and the need for animals to migrate away from what's going to be catastrophic climate change Mm -hmm. yeah yeah you know i I mean imagine if you will any major what if we get a compounding event here right right an earthquake yes well that's major there was an earthquake. There were earthquakes in like Utah, Nevada, like you yeah, know, after it started. Week. Yeah, and I was going, uh oh, this is uh, all hell's breaking loose. You know, what right. I mean, some some people have made the argument. It's like this is Mother Nature saying, you know, just reminding you who's boss. But I think you also made um, a good point about that last week. I think it was on your show where you said that imagine if we took this, if we took climate change this seriously. Right. But we don't. We don't act like it's an imminent danger. Right. So, but but this at least we are. And then even still, this it's so hard to get everybody. 100 percent bought into to deal, dealing with it appropriately buddy it's frustrating as hell yep. um and then obviously the guy at the top talking about being open in 15 days and and well I it'll be it'll be a beautiful time for us to get going again it'll be a beautiful time easter you know i mentioned when we first brought up coronavirus <laughs> to chris and he, he sort of scoffed at me that i felt that where you got your news was going to have a direct correlation to the level of infection yep. and there were some numbers i saw today that yesterday alone detected cases increased 31 percent in states that supported the president yeah in the, in the election as compared to 21 percent in states that didn't well but he had a landslide victory tie one of the <laughs> like, biggest victories ever i've heard please don't <laughs> <laughs> well like that's why it was I, I i am somewhat feel blessed to be in a state where i feel like our leaders were taking it seriously as early as they could um our rate of growth is already down to 11 percent day uh, day over day mm-hmm. which is like the lowest in the nation for anywhere where there's a major outbreak yeah um and then i i didn't get a chance to tell chris this because i wanted to you know rub in his face that i was right <laughs> but a week ago there was a poll that talked about the uh the level of concern you have for the virus basically if based on which news network you watch the most yeah 
MSNBC, level of concern, 74% of viewers. Mm-hmm. National newspapers, 72%. So like New York Times, Washington Post. Right. The failing C- New York Times. Yeah. CNN, 71. Broadcast News, 68. Local News, 57. Radio, 49. Fox News, 38%. <laughs> How are you going to say like 12? <laughs> <laughs> I thought, oh, yeah, I was surprised. Um, and I know that like there's people probably listening to us right now who think this is still a media manufactured crisis. And I just encourage you to go you know, read some stuff from an epidemiologist and not listen to what, and, and you decide for yourself. Don't watch yeah. the news. Just go read what the epidemiologists have to say about how uh, uh, exponential spread happens. Well, there, and there's only so long that you can ride this whole, like, look at the numbers though. It's not as bad as the regular seasonal flu. It's like, well, it's built. Like you can see it. It's not coming. about today's numbers. No. It, the actions you take today are going to prevent it from getting to those numbers. But instead you're like, well, let's just wait till it's those numbers. And we'll be like, oh fuck. Sorry. My bad. Well, to, to get back on track, even though I think sure. we're about to run out of time here, um, we had already discussed on our show the the need essentially to lean into a surrogates or a Ready Player One type avatar-driven world. Yep. And I expect that we're going to see an acceleration of that technology. Um, or, I might have to get over my robot thing. I might have to embrace them, especially from like a customer service standpoint. We might I might just have to assume they're going to be the ones serving me like from the deli, and that's yeah. just the way it is. <laughs> and I think we really just also really accelerated the Elysium timeline. Because yeah. if you have the resources to keep yourself isolated, you're going to be able to retain those resources. And if you yep. don't, you're either going to pass away or mm-hmm. be crippled by the, you know, the, the, the cratering economy. Well, and what um, a social impact it's going to have on us with our ability to, you know, communicate and empathize and all those things when we're not face to face as much as we used to be. Yeah. And I think that in that vein, you're going to see remote learning. Um, particularly for higher education. I think it's much harder at younger grades where you need um, the socialization aspect is a lot more important. Oh, yeah. Uh, but, I mean, I work for a company that specializes in remote learning. Uh-huh. And I I, I, I've lo- I love it now. It's much better to learn on my own time as opposed to have to, like, find a week in my schedule where I've got to go to this classroom every day, to this oh, place yeah. that's not my place of work. And, and you know, it, it's... It's hard to do it at the office, I think, to, you know, cloister yourself and, and be able to focus um, and not be distracted by things like email. I think that's the biggest challenge when you're trying to do remote learning is shutting off all of their inputs because oh, yeah. when you're at school, you're at school. Yep. That's definitely been the biggest challenge with the kids. This sort of me constantly reinforcing, hey, you wouldn't treat your teacher like that. Don't treat your mom that way because mm-hmm. you're frustrated or, you know, you don't want to do this or, or, or you're feeling unfocused today. Yeah, it's easier to stay on track when you're in a room and that's the sole focus. And so everyone that else is, a is doing it, right? Right. Yeah. And I think that's why so many people working from home now, that's become a challenge for everybody. You know, I mean, it it took getting used to working from home. And I mean, I still have times where I get distracted by things or I'll work way too late because it's here and right. all those kinds of things. But But for the most part, I've adjusted fairly well to knowing these are the times I'm working. These are the ways I communicate with people. This, You know what I mean? Like you go through those, you, you get accustomed to it. Yeah, I, I think that, there's I've always been wired to be like is there a reason to do this online or sorry is there a reason to do this in person like mm-hmm. I, I'm always skeptical like yeah. do you really need to do we have a meeting do we really need to meet meet for this and I, right. I think that it's going to shift from people like myself saying can we do this in a way that doesn't require a meeting to that being the default like is there a reason to do this in person? Do we absolutely have to get together? And sometimes you do. Sometimes it's like, you know what? I'm not making any progress. We need to get everybody in a room and just hash this out for a day. And that can be very valuable. Um, but again, that, that, that increases the divide because easy access to broadband and technology that allows you to do these things. And in fact, our school was doing the supplemental learning, had to shut it down because it wasn't equitable. Yep. Um, we're expecting a new rollout actually tomorrow. So I'm happy to know that, you know, as a parent, I'll get some more support from the district on a structured learning program. Right. Um, 
Well, I think I think that's why you look at the future as far as jobs. Uh, network engineering is going to be a big thing given the bandwidth issues that we're going to face with so many people being remote because that's there's only so yeah, I mean they're 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 going to have to expand that as much as they they can. I think you've probably felt it a little bit as I have that the hose isn't coming through as strong as it used to during the middle of the day now because everybody's at home using the same thing. Right. Yeah. So. The, the video conferencing isn't working quite as well as it was. Right. It's a little less reliable than it was. Definitely. Uh, as a remote employee. Uh, last couple of things I was going to mention, I think that we're going to move toward, at least in the short term, I, I ex- I'm surprised this hasn't happened yet, to be honest, is that you know how grocery stores have like designated hours for seniors now, right? To yep. keep them sort of protected from the rest of the population. The early uh, bird special. Mm. <laughs> yeah. You're not sleeping anyway. Just come to the grocery store super early. <laughs> Nobody's there. Right. Come on. Uh, but I think that we're going to go to a fully appointment-driven culture in any – so reservations for everything. There'll be yeah. no more drop-in. Like for any store you want to go to, you'll do a lot of, I think, a lot of um, curbside pickup stuff Yeah. Uh, for for a lot of things. Um, and then just like a grocery store appointment. Like your time is yeah. 9.30 a.m. and you, this is, you have 90 minutes. Yeah, I mean, you look at other services up until now that do it similarly, like like going to the movies. Mm-hmm. You know, you used to not you used to have to go early and find your seat and stuff. Now you can you can reserve that stuff in advance. Like those are those are huge advantages um, in this day and age. So I I'm, I applaud that. I welcome that kind of stuff. Yeah, I think we've been moving toward that anyway. Um, but that's been I think more driven by our desire to continue to have hyper individualization. Sure, of course, hyper individualism. I, I hope that what we'll see out of this is a stronger sense of community at the end of this, even if we do have to be further apart, that there's a, a more of a realization that we are in this together. Yeah, in- as long as we're not getting so siloed that, you know, like you talk about the focus of I only watch this news channel, so that's that's my echo chamber, et cetera. Right. It's a little bit easier to do that when you're not having to interact with people at all in person. But like a nation, a country, it only exists in so much as everyone is kind of agreed to be a part of it sure and and right now you know living in this state and watching the national news and watching the federal government's response to this it's a bit like we declared war on a country but every state has to decide how they're going to fight that war yeah Mm -hmm. and there's not a united states it certainly highlights the differences well if there was ever a time to secede now's that time (laughs) well cascadia right yeah (laughs) <laughs> and the last thing I was going to mention on this is that um, I think that it will help the push towards nationalized medicine and this idea that doctors are going to be the modern day soldiers, if you will, like a patriotic. It's patriotic to be a doctor, not necessarily just to be a, a soldier. I mean, or a fireman. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, that's kind of the next wave. But hopefully that drives people to go out and do it because it's one of the things they've been worried about for a long time is the shortage of doctors and nurses. So let's hope that that drives people to go into that profession more so because the healthcare industry is only going to get bigger and bigger. Yeah. And I've talked on the show before about how our individualized culture, it makes polarization particularly possible because your ability to like curate your social interactions to the nth degree has had extremely negative consequences. I've also espoused the need for what I think like a national service program. Mm. Um, a bit like the Israeli military for anybody uh-huh. who listens who doesn't know if you are an Israeli citizen you have to do two years of service in the military right can I not have to do the military though can I do something else that's what I'm saying so <laughs> more focused on like societal goods like <laughs> okay. medicine infrastructure engineering and so on and that becomes sort of the your access to additional higher education it, you know it gives you an opportunity to try out a career um, it gives you a way to you know 
get into something that if you don't have access, you know, I mean, I knew, I knew so many guys in high school in the nineties that didn't have their shit together. And so what they did when they graduated was they signed up, right? They enlisted. Yeah. And it was like, I, I don't have a career in front of me. So let me go find, you know, I need more structure in my life. I need more, um, somebody to, you know, teach me, point me in the right direction and, and kind of have someone who's good at, at recognizing what I'm good at. Cause I'm not good enough or I'm not self-aware enough to recognize it about myself. Right. Um, so I think that that I, I hope that we'll see some positive changes out of this, um, whether it's a decline in polarization, because a lot of times you see a shock like this to a society will fix some of these problems. But the continued Cer- certainly the con- exposes a lot. Yeah. And the continued division. And then obviously, again, I'm not going to I don't want to keep returning to this, but but having somebody up there who's already ready to move on because he's tired of this is <laughs> not is not helping with the, no. our, us be better as a society. Nope. So your listeners can't see this, but fingers crossed. Yes, please. <laughs> All right. Let's go to the med desk. 911, what's your emergency? Yeah. Uh, so I need a cleanup service and a doctor or whatever. Well, a lot of folks out there are alone in their apartments. <laughs> and I speak from experience that when you're left alone for too long, you start indulging in some weird ideas you might have had about creative ways to help yourself to yourself. That's right. Uh, in order to prevent any unnecessary trips to the ER, we want to flatten that curve, keep you out of the healthcare system. <laughs> <laughs> Matt's prepared a list for us as we're going to look back at the halcyon days of 2019 when people were getting things stuck in themselves just for fun. Yes, I appreciate the effort you made to make that as smooth a transition as possible because that's a tough one. <laughs> <laughs> so yes. Matt... What were people lubing up for insertion last year? Yeah, so I got this from vice.com. Every year at the end of December, end of the year, they always publish this list. It's it's called Things We Got Stuck in Our Rectum in 2019 or 2018 or whatever, but it it, it includes other orifices, so I'll go through that. But these are taken from the U.S. Consumer Product Safety Commission's database of emergency room visits. So these are legitimate, like filed, taken verbatim descriptions of what, what was found in somebody's person. Now I want a logarithmic pandemic chart of different countries where people are sticking things in themselves. You'd break it down by that. You could. Yeah. I'm also inter- interested to see how much, like you said, now that we're in isolation more, how this is going to expand and go up and change, you know, objects, et cetera. And I'll tell you right now, spoiler alert, Christmas ornament is in every one of these lists. I'm just going to skip it. <laughs> God, man. <laughs> You can okay. order stuff online that you can stick in yourself. Why? Yeah. <laughs> All right. It's let's not, get into it's, it. It's weird. So <laughs> we'll start with the ear and work our way down. Okay. Two wireless earbuds. Now, do you use those, the wireless ones? Those things kind of freak me out. I'm just, I, I would always be afraid I'm going to lose them. I use the over-ear hook ones. Oh, okay. That's that's a little more legitimate then. Well, that's I just, I always have preferred that for working out and stuff. So okay. I, I found some, you know, whatever off-brand ones that work just fine. Although the battery life's starting to suck. That's and I was better. thinking, I was like, your earbuds have coronavirus on them. Yeah, probably. You better be sanitizing God, those things. Wipe everything down. Uh, quote, sister put long slender toy in patient's ear. Now that sounds like some ancestral thing that I don't think we should get into. So we can move on from that one. I don't know. I just, I think that's getting the goat. <laughs> Maybe. You're asleep. I would have jammed this in your ear. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, patient says she had wax in ear and attempted to remove it with tweezers and piece of string. Where does the string come into play there? 
like a, with, I don't know, maybe with a fish hook on it, I could see. Like you're going to dip in with the, I don't understand how the string works. The tweezers though. Oh, so this is going to start to become real painful, especially when we get down. That's a promoted that. ad that keeps popping up in my social feed, by the way, is what? how to easily remove earwax. And it's like a yeah. picture of somebody with tweezers in their ear hole. Oh, like what? Nobody does that. Or they, sh- well, I guess somebody does, but you know, I was going to get don't. that ear wash that you talked about a couple of years ago. Oh man. It is so weird. <laughs> it is so bizarre. I think, I think Chris, maybe from how was your beer honey talked about it as well. It, you, everything is so clear. It's like, turn it off. I don't it's know. It sounds much. good. Oh man. It's, it's weird. Like you hear the S that people say in an S, even if they don't have a lisp, you hear it so crystal clear. It's weird. <laughs> so be careful. Well, I, Not I, that I you're have to wait to the now. Yeah, soon yeah, to yeah, do there's that. no elective <laughs> procedures going on. <laughs> no. Uh, place thermometer in ear, fell on bed. Oh, God. Oh, so God. why was the thermometer in your ear? That's not how you take your temperature. And then you just, oop. <laughs> and finally for the ear, microchip. Well, that's just supposed to go into the skin, not in the ear. <laughs> just doing some home biohacking? I guess so. Next up is the nose. Oh. Uh, yeah, this is a little bit of a shorter list. Two rare earth magnets. Why so descriptive? <laughs> no, these were really rare. Like they wanted to get, them back. Well, it's is that not, they're, they're not rare. They're rare earth magnets. Is that rare? Okay, maybe I was reading that wrong. <laughs> yes, I thought it's it was like rare. two rare earth <laughs> no. magnets. No, no. Thank God. Okay. They're not like uncommon earth that magnets. Made me, that made me feel so much better because I read that like word by word and I was like, that doesn't make any sense. You know what a rare earth magnet is, right? Is it the, well, you, I'll, you could send me a picture, but I think I know what you're talking about. I just read it word for word. So I was like, huh? Uh, chalk. Chalk. Dude, like a, cho- a stick like of chalk. They think, like they think it's cocaine? What's going on there? I don't know. Maybe, well, maybe the nose is running. They're trying to use it like a diuretic. <laughs> Jam it in there. Or not diuretic, but uh, uh, like a diptych pencil. You, yeah, you know right. what a diptych pencil is, right? You yeah, catch yeah. yourself shaving. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah, that's a good way to do it. My nose is running. <laughs> this will stop it. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, yeah, it couldn't hurt. Well, wait, right. it could. Quote, bug tried to remove with bobby pin. Bobby pin now stuck. <laughs> <laughs> Bobby Finn's going to come up later, and I don't know why. <laughs> Googly eye. Styptic pencil. Sorry, I'm an idiot. Sorry. No, that's Styptic. right. I know what you meant, though. Yeah. Googly eye, because, you know, arts and crafts. And mothballs. Hold on. Googly eye, like, this is the kind of thing where you're putting it in your nose for a gag. Yeah, or you're And then you accidentally sniff. Yeah. And you're like, oh, shit, it's in my brain. It creates this funny image of, like, if the googly eye was, like, you know, had, it was a life, was, a, was alive, and it's just looking around at, yeah. inside of your nose. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah. That's, Sounds like a good gag. I think googly <laughs> eye comes up every year, pretty sure, in one of those orifices. <laughs> Look at this. Mothball. Why? Why would you have a mothball near your nose? Because you're Again, like, I, gotta I miss grandma. Oops. I'm, I'm telling you, man, as an allergy sufferer, when your nose won't stop running, anything. you'll jam anything in there. Stop the <laughs> stop the flow. Oh, that's terrible. Throat. <clears throat> oh no. As I clear mine. Fidget spinner. What? How do you even get a fidget spinner in your throat? Did did they think they were gonna try to do it with their tongue? They're gonna like flick it with their tongue? That's just bizarre. Uh, th- by the way, thank God that craze kind of went away. Remember when that was hotter than hell for about a year and a half? Yeah, I didn't oh. have really have kids at the time. Oh god. Or the, was, they were babies. It was all over the place. Condom. It happens. You're trying to <laughs> blow it up with your nose. This party trick. The party trick's gone wrong. <laughs> Seven nuts from the Christmas tree mom and dad were taking down. <laughs> <laughs> just, were they lobbing them into your mouth and then they got lodged in your throat? I don't understand. That's just parents who are not on top of it. Kids yeah, just doing whatever in the corner. Yeah. That's the thing is you read through some of these and you're like, that was a kid. That was yeah. a kid. That was a creepy guy. 
uh, tape dispenser, which made me think of that C-3PO phallic yeah. tape dispenser. Yeah. <laughs> like you just try to like whole hog it into your mouth. <laughs> oh, Again, I've got to think somebody's like, you know, let me put it in my mouth and you can dispense the tape. Again, somebody's trying to have a goof. Yep. And, and it, goes, like, just a, it goes an inch too far and yeah. then it's stuck. <laughs> piece of bed. What piece? What does that mean? I need more more description than that. Are you trying <laughs> that to does not deep throat me... the four poster? <laughs> exactly. It's not like you took a chuck of the mattress. It's actually a piece of the bed. Here's a long one. Swallowed three button batteries last night and a thumbtack thumbtack this morning because they taste good. This is I used men- to eat doll um, dollhouse light bulbs as a child. You did? Uh, more than once. Oh, man. I don't See, know why. I, when I was in the hospital for my broken leg, I used to swallow pennies. <laughs> don't know why. Then you Weird thing to swallow. Rare, rare earth magnet. Dangerous, too. Get that shit logged in your throat. Um, I like the jingle jangle in my stomach. <laughs> <laughs> Make change. Uh, capsule that expands into a foam dinosaur. That'd be kind of fun. That I understand. You know <laughs> what I'm like talking. A, you know what those are, bet. right? Those yeah, pills like you drop. Bet, yeah. yeah, yeah. Eat <laughs> this. See, you have to eat this. Let's see what happens. Uh, let's see here. Clean it. C-section. Sorry, you had to have a C-section with a where they removed a giant sponge dinosaur from that would be awesome stomach. Hold it up. <laughs> <laughs> this is all one thing. This is all one line that somebody said. Cleaning solution, razor blade covered in toilet paper, broken plastic soap dish. The fuck were they doing? How did that all get in their throat? Were they just trying to jam everything in there? Were they trying to kill themselves? That's all I can think of. Like they were just anything in the bathroom would do. Circus performer? Bizarre. Yeah, maybe circus performer. Stuffed bird. What? I got to think a lot of people are drunk at parties trying to just do shit. I could fit that in my mouth. Yeah. <laughs> it's a lot of those guys. <laughs> How much of the bird can you get down your throat? Oh, I could get it in there. All right. Do it. Jesus. Uh, quote, about 10 puzzle pieces. That sounds like somebody who's just trying to keep somebody from solving the damn puzzle. They're like, well, watch this. <laughs> Bye-bye. <laughs> Kids uh, will eat anything. That's true. And finally, hearing aid. Well, wrong hole. That didn't work out. Try and clean it. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Clean the earwax off it. <laughs> yeah. Suck, <laughs> suck on it for a minute. That'll be a good way to deal with it. Uh, all right. You ready for the penis? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> that was a loaded question. Hey, oh. I'll combine uh, these, but they were separated at first. So crayons, marker caps, and ballpoint pens. Oh. that Doesn't that make you just kind of curl up? You know, you up? did this with me, I think, a year ago. And... Did I? Yeah, because oh, we okay, did. Like, I remember that, like knitting needle and like. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's bad stuff. Yeah, the, it's amazing what people jam in their urethra. I just don't I just, understand. No, I mean I can't get on board with. Why are you sticking things in there? I don't know. I think I because I think I told you the story that my mom used to tell when she worked in hospital and they had Sam the pencil man, right? Yes. Just to fucking stick those things up there. Lollipop stick. Ooh. Again, not good. Like the coaxial kit. kind. What's that? The blow pop kind? You make a little whistle on the end of it? I don't know. I was thinking, you know, we were just at Disneyland a few weeks ago. I was thinking of those big lollipop sticks and just... Uh, coaxial cable. Wow. <laughs> Wrong port. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, wedding ring. How? How, bi- how big is the hole? How do you jam that thing in there? Or are your fingers just tiny? I don't understand. 
this may be a, like a situation where you're trying to gape yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Trying to do some circus porno. It could be, yeah. It's like the Jim Rose Circus Sideshow back in the day. Uh, magnets? Multiple? I guess they were stuck together. Yeah. So. Try to use one to get the other one out. Or the, yeah, exactly. But wouldn't you, maybe could you go on the outside to kind of drag it back up? Oh, God. <laughs> and finally, Bobby Pin, uh, unable to achieve erection and thought it would help. Yeah, it's worth a shot. Prop it up. I got two holes to go. Sorry. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Vagina. Mm. Toothbrush. That's that's not what that's for. I'm I'm wondering if that was Vagina an electric dentata. electric electric toothbrush. Probably. Maybe. Or maybe just got the teeth, you know? Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah, that's no good. Quote, was being arrested by the police, so she took her cell phone and hit it hit it from them, stuck it in her vagina. They'll Seems like a move. This. Yeah. You'll never There's, get my cell phone, coppers. <laughs> I think more, pe- more, more recidivist women hide things in their vagina than you would know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think I want to know. Uh, makeup sponge? Sure. Toy action figure? Which one? I mean, can we get a little more description here? <laughs> I could see like a, one of those He-Man dolls from the 80s. Yeah, that's a, He-Man was actually the first one that came to mind. It's funny yeah. you said that. Well, that's muscular. Yeah, a little, got some girth to it. Yeah, yeah you're exactly. into it. Uh, jumped off couch and landed on spoon. Well, that's a neat trick. <laughs> How did that work? I don't know. With the spoon standing straight up? Was the spoon wedged between two uh, sofa cushions? I don't understand that. How did it shoot right up there? I don't know. It's amazing how that happens. Or they're lying. That's which much would more probably likely. be true. And then rubber ball, which I'm surprised they didn't say it just just bounced right in. I don't know what happened. And I'll <laughs> say the same thing I said to you last time. Okay. If you're gonna stick something inside yourself, make sure it has some sort of a line on it. Yes. You gotta have a way out. Yes. Yeah. Have an exit strategy. That's like, what the, that was the title strategy. of the episode. That's yes. what it was. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta have an exit strategy. You gotta strategy. have like breadcrumbs to find your way back out. In this case it's a string of some sort. Okay, rectum. Ready? Patients, I hardly knew him. <laughs> patient states he slipped in the shower and landed on a metal air freshener, uh, an air, air freshener can, and it went up his rectum. No. I mean, bullshit. No, no. Folding knife. I hope it was not unfolded. Uh, wouldn't you just call that like a Swiss Army knife, maybe? I don't know. Plastic. Well, I mean, lots of knives fold. That that's don't have true. Other I guess it could features. be a, could be a butterfly knife. Remember those things? Yeah, I have a couple. Do you still? Uh-huh. Yeah. Do you have like Do you have like throwing stars too? No, <laughs> I do have a sword. We've talked about that on the show before. Nunchucks? No nunchucks. <laughs> okay. Nunchaku, please. Sorry. <laughs> Pla- <laughs> it's like Chris uh, pronouncing karaoke. Karaoke. Uh, plastic toy about six inches long. Well, was it? He man. <laughs> Again, he man yeah. comes around. Maybe it was Skeletor this time. Man at arms. He's got that dome, that helmet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, plunger handle. Oh, God. How do you get it stuck, though? I don't know. Like, how, how far did it in did you put it? I don't know. I, it, it, yeah, it has because it has to get stuck on the deep end. It's not like it couldn't make its way back out, you know? I Unless know. you took the handle off the cup. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. That's... Mm. Two small vibrators, you know, when one yeah. isn't enough. Yeah, don't do that. Or maybe the, maybe the second one went in after the first one. That sounds <laughs> it's, like it. It's like when you get a ball stuck in a tree. Yeah. And you, you just throw in that other ball, try to knock it down, and then you get another ball stuck in the tree. Now both of your shoes are in the tree. <laughs> exactly. Turkey baster, sure. Condom wrapper. There's just no, no trash available. Like, oh, fuck, I don't know, just throw it in there. <laughs> 
<laughs> slipped out of your hand as you were putting it on. No, no, no. Like the 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 person who was entering had just oh, put I it on, and like like as they went to trip it, like they they went in with the gusto as they dropped the wrapper. Right. Yes. Just timing. Just, it right yeah, just there. jammed it right in there. <laughs> uh, coat hanger. Patient, unsure how it got there. That's I'm unwilling to tell you what I was doing. <laughs> exactly. Bag of heroin. This is the one on this list that makes the most sense out of every single one right here. Of course. Bag of heroin. Get it. You got to hide that shit. Egg timer. Was it still ticking? <laughs> it had to be. <laughs> Why is it an egg timer specifically? I, I don't Well, they was are very... Was it the kind that was shaped like the egg? The one that you turn yeah, you in the middle? those things. You turn yeah. the thing. Yeah, exactly. Those things. That, 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 that brings back like PTSD for me when like my mom would be like, I'm setting the timer for 30 minutes. Go to your room. I'm like, oh, shit. Uh, accidentally got, accidentally got dildo lodged in rectum and cut the end of the dildo off. Smart. Just cut it off. <laughs> Why would you do that? Just cut it off. Shit. Well, I can't get it out. I might as well get rid of half of it or whatever. <laughs> oh man. There's only two more. Stuck a four inch butt plug up rectum yesterday. Handle broke. He continued to push the toy in. Sounds like something Neil would do. <laughs> just, I can't get it out. So just stuff it further in there. <laughs> exactly. It's like, yeah, when you're stuck in a hole, you just, just got to go all the way through. Uh, and finally, was using prostate massager, and it got sucked in. Just... Oh, so... Uh, you need a bigger unit, then. <laughs> I think so. I'm not going to say that's what she said. I'm it shouldn't away. be that hard to reach it. <laughs> anyway, thank you for playing... Of course. ...what we got stuck in our whatevers in 2019. Well, that's the end of our segments, and you know what that means. Now comes the part where we throw our heads back and laugh. Ready? Ready! Dad jokes of the week. Woo! Good job. Good job. Did you bring it a joke? It only took me like nine times on your show to do it right. <laughs> did you bring a joke? I did. Again, I will I will preface by saying I hope you haven't done this one before because I there's it's, it's impossible to keep track of all these. We've been doing it for a while now. I bought some shoes from oh, a drug you're starting. Dealer. Oh, I love it. Okay. Oh, can I go first? I'm sorry. Sure. Yeah, you go always first. go first. No, go I'm first. messing everything up. I, you had the cards up and everything. I should have read the room there. <laughs> I bought some shoes from a drug dealer this week. Mm. I don't know what he laced them with, but man, I've been tripping. There you it's go. It's not bad. It's, it's complex. <laughs> two layers. I like it. It's, it's, it's all right. I had a okay. backup joke, but I'm going to just leave that one. You, you okay. do yours. What do you get when you cross a fishing lure with a gym sock? A hook, line, and stinker. Oh, I never would have got that one. <laughs> Yesterday, I parked in the C section of the parking lot. I had to climb out the sunroof. <laughs> There's something dangerous about an active circular saw, but I just can't put my finger on it. Of course. When is a car not a car? When it turns into a driveway. <laughs> oh, come on. Yeah, that's, that's solid dad humor there. Oh, that's good. 19 and 20 got into a fight. 21. Oh, of course. 21. Duh. God, 21. That's, that's so easy. See, Villa would have nailed that one. You know, an upsetting thing for me was that on the weekend, there's two jokes, and they put the 21 joke on the 22nd. That's that's a problem. Yeah. <laughs> it's upsetting. That's inexcusable, frankly. It's wild. What are you doing? <laughs> it's on. right there. Yeah. What type of dogs don't chase cows? Deaf dogs, they never heard anything. Ugh. Uh sidebar before we get to last joke uh the one of the weirdest dog experiences i've ever had was we had our dog with us out on a uh rural area i was i was gonna say on because we were in an island but it's immaterial sounds and fancy it, <laughs> it wasn't that fancy <laughs> lummy island it's <laughs> tiny okay um we're walking 
and we pass a pasture and the dog sees a cow and just flips out and, and is, our dog does not like this at all like uncontrollably flips out trying to pull himself out of his collar i ended up having to pick him up and like he just he didn't know what it was i don't know <laughs> he probably was insane. like i don't know what the hell that is the biggest dog i've ever seen in my life oh my I'm god freaking out huh. so freaking out at this cow and then we had to go back the same way so this time i'd like preemptively pick him up and so it's like a 50 pound dog it's yeah. not small yeah yeah it oh was, my god so it's safe to say your dog had a cow Oh, that was a good for the Sorry. yeah no it was perfect <laughs> good segment ahead. I'm upset good that you said it but uh, it was you good. can cut it out <laughs> no I'm not gonna knock out. that out in post great <laughs> I love optometrist jokes but they keep getting cornea and cornea <laughs> <laughs> that's it for dad jokes of the week cool let's go to the abbreviated overtime overtime so I had a couple of things but we're running long so sure. Let's just be quick about this. And, and so periodically, um, I've done a segment on the show where we do sort of like unknown uses for everyday household objects or okay. things you didn't know, right? Um, in the past, we talked about the, using the pasta spoon to measure things and, and whatever else. The the gas, you know, the... the, the uh, Is this the ones where they're designed to do something and you just had no idea? Correct. Right, right. So I read this one that was like Nintendo Switch cartridges. Are you familiar with the Nintendo Switch? Yeah. And you know the cartridge is about the size of a like a memory, a flash memory. Yeah, right. Like an SD card. Yeah. So very small. Easy obviously. to lose. Easy to lose. Um, also, something you want to keep away from children who might want to eat them. Right. And so or I read get them in, stuck in the I, rectum. Sorry. I <laughs> I read that there is a bitter coating on these these things because they wanted to make sure the kids wouldn't swallow them. Oh, seriously? Yeah. And I was like, what? There's no way. And so I licked one the other day, and it was horrible. What does it taste like? It was the most bitter, most disgusting thing I have put in my mouth in years. <laughs> that is awesome. And I had to go like drink a beer to wash the flavor out of my mouth because oh, I couldn't. I, I would have loved to have been in the room when they were kicking that around. Like somebody clearly had had experience with it and was like, we got to do something. So at least if nothing else, we, we inform parents that we tried. Yeah. I think <laughs> it's that shit that. that you try to give your kids to put on their thumb when they're a thumb sucker. Ah, uh, yeah. You sure. know, like to keep it out of their, their, their mouths. The only person I ever know, knew that did that, um, she would just suck through the stuff. Ah, oh, like the, just have to bear through it and just be yeah. like, okay, now I'm good. Yeah, and no, I'm good. I'm good. I got it all off. Gross. Yeah. God, put some like hot pepper stuff on there. That'll get them to stop. Something. Anyway, that was all I had for the OT. Um, all right. Thanks again for joining me this week. I hope that uh, Chris is doing well. I know he's doing some heavy lifting down there on the family tip. Yeah. And I hope you travel safe. Uh, but always great to have you on the show. I look forward to hearing your new material. Thank you. Um, say hello to Neil for us. I will do that. Yeah. If anybody wants to check us out, it's still the same Twitter handle at reasons are. Um, so that's the, the benefit of not changing your name much, <laughs> but it is a new feed. So uh, definitely go subscribe and, and take a listen to the show. It, it, that'd be great. I will. I'll subscribe and give you another four star review. That's <laughs> <laughs> you're going to do. You're keeping it real, keeping it honest. Always. Yeah, thank you. Well, that's our show. Thanks, Matt. And thanks to all of you for listening to the Two on Three Pod, where we hope to help you live a more deeply examined life. If you don't already, please subscribe and or review wherever you get your podcasts. And don't be shy about sharing your thoughts and suggestions for the show. We hope you're keeping safe, washing those hands, and staying away from other people. But we'll be back next week with more pop culture, life strategies, and existentialism. And until then, peace. Peace.